Hello and welcome to episode number eight of the Christianese podcast. Today, our topic is guard your heart. For Christian singles, the topic of dating demands a lot of our attention. I want your attention everything. And a lot of us treat dating like it's some kind of magic spell. Like if we say and do the right things at the right times, everything will work out. We take some advice from our parents, some wisdom from our best friend, some of our emotions, and a little bit of that movie that we all love, and we mix it all into a pot and... Snick, snack, snorum. Perfect relationship. Sadly enough, the overarching themes in Christian dating are not wisdom and clarity, but things that we need to get rid of before we move ahead. Antiquated ideas. Bungling. False concepts superstitions, confusion. To think straight, we'll have to clean house. This includes some biblical phrases. Not that we have to stop using them and get rid of our religious speech, but figure out what they really mean. There, that's more like it. A nice, clean sweep. A perfect example of this is the phrase, guard your heart. The phrase is found multiple places in Scripture, primarily in Proverbs, the book of wisdom, where Solomon is trying to share guidance for his son that will help him his whole life. And interestingly enough, the phrase guard your heart is never used in reference to romance. Solomon never says, my son, in your relationships, guard your heart, or when looking for a wife, guard your heart. That phrase is always used in a much larger, broader sense that should encompass not just our dating relationships, but our entire lives. The phrase guard your heart is not about romance or how to conduct yourself when looking for a spouse. It's about idolatry. It's about looking for anything other than God to complete you. So how do we actually go about guarding our hearts? Well, let's start with this. What is your heart? Well, there are multiple ways that we can define heart. First of all, it could be the physical heart, the fist-sized muscle in the center of your chest that pumps blood and oxygen to your entire body so that you can continue to live. The Greek word for heart is cardia, which is where we get the word cardio, which is an exercise that raises your heart rate, helps you promote heart health. This first definition is primarily a physical definition. The second definition would be more emotional, that our heart is the seat of our emotions, that it's where our love comes from. It's where we feel when we feel deeply. Proverbs says that a kind look makes the heart glad, and when we get excited, we even say our hearts skip a beat. Our hearts are the seat of our emotions, but it's deeper than that, too. Think of the idea of being heartbroken or heartsick. When we're let down, when something we hope for is taken away, it breaks our hearts. That's more than just emotions. That gets to our spirits. Proverbs 13:12: Hope deferred makes the heart sick, 
but a longing fulfilled is like a tree of life. Tree of life, hope, desire is really a kind of spiritual sense to the heart. So the heart could be physical, emotional, or spiritual. The fourth way to think of the heart is probably the least obvious. We use it to describe how we think. If you want to, for example, share your heart with someone or have a conversation heart to heart, that means you want to let someone know what you're thinking. It's something you feel strongly about, but you want to let them know what you think. In Proverbs chapter 3, Solomon tells his son to write his words on the tablet of his heart to remember them. The heart isn't just where our emotions are, it's also where our thoughts are. Physical, emotional, spiritual, and mental. The heart has to do with all of these areas. And each one is not separate. They're all kind of blended together in you. Your heart is you. It's your basic nature. Proverbs 27, 19, as in water, the face is reflected as a face. So a person's heart reflects the person. Luke 6, 45, the good person out of the good treasury of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasury produces evil, for his mouth speaks from what fills the heart. Your heart is the center of you, and it is the spring or fountain or source of life. Everything you do and say comes from it, which is why in Proverbs chapter 4, Solomon can write, guard your heart. Remove perverse speech from your mouth. Keep devious talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look directly in front of you and let your gaze look straight before you. Make the path for your feet level so that all your ways may be established. Do not turn to the right or the left. Turn yourself away from evil. Guarding your heart isn't so much about guarding a treasure. It's about guarding the vault. Because whatever we put into that vault, whatever we invest into it, will create a return of some kind. And if you are at all curious about what is in your own heart, about who you really are, what you treasure, what you are guarding, look no further than your own actions. If you really want to know what a person believes, it will play itself out in the way that they live. What do you treasure? What do you daydream about, desire for? What causes your emotions to stir up, either for good or causes you to be irate? What one thing, if you had it, would make you happy? And conversely, What one thing, if you lost it, would make life not worth living? The path to your heart is paved with your desires, your dreams, your hopes, your wants, your felt needs. And when you open the vault, it's not full of money. It's full of what you worship. And if it is not God, by definition, it is an idol. You don't have to offer grain in front of a golden calf in order to worship at the altar of prosperity. You don't have to go up to a hill to an Asherah pole and burn incense to worship at the place of lust and romance. Those are things that you can do in your own heart. 
prosperity, romance, acclaim, attention. We are apt to erect all of these things as idols and to think if only I had that I would be happy. And in so doing, we look to the created thing instead of the creator for satisfaction. We desire attention and affection from other people, but we fail to recognize how the God of the universe sees us and loves us and sent his son for us so that he might call us sons and daughters. Nothing can touch that depth. But when we aren't spiritually satisfied in that, we will frequently look to physical things to fill that void. And in so doing, erect an idol in our hearts. It's probably why the letter of 1 John doesn't end with a benediction, but the simple phrase, little children, keep yourselves from idols. In other words, guard your heart. And this is where we come back to dating. It is abundantly easy to create an idol out of a relationship and out of a person. So instead of trying to decide, is this the person I want to marry? Is this someone who I can lay my life down for daily to be an image of Christ in the church living and breathing on earth? Instead of doing that, we twist our relationships to self-satisfaction. We look towards a human, another fallen, broken person, and say, you could complete me. Really, we kind of misuse the phrase, guard your heart. Sure, it encompasses relational idolatry, but what we really mean when we say guard your heart is set boundaries in your relationships. And there's already a biblical way to say that. In Song of Solomon, the lovers get ahead of themselves three times, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, and each time they rush ahead, there's a warning. Slow down. Do not awaken love before it's time. Song of Solomon says that our relationships are like vineyards. We all want to rush ahead to the part where we get the wine, but wine takes time. The vine has to bud, then flower, then be pollinated, then grape clusters have to grow, mature, be harvested, pressed, and aged. And any tiny mishap in that process will derail everything. Giving yourself too quickly emotionally, physically, or putting your personal value in someone or a relationship not only damages the process, but the vineyard itself. If you're dating, you should set boundaries to help check yourself. To slow down. Do not awaken love before it's time. But we want to invest. We want to be known and get to know someone else. So how do we protect ourselves from moving too quickly into a relationship and idolizing it or someone? The key to that is knowing what the purpose of singleness is. Many Christians know what the purpose of marriage is, but see singleness as a kind of curse or purgatory waiting period until you can get to marriage, which is somehow seen as the promised land. In 1 Corinthians 7, starting in verse 32, Paul says, I want you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the things of the Lord, 
how to please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the things of the world, how to please his wife, and he is divided. An unmarried woman or a virgin is concerned about the things of the Lord, to be holy both in body and in spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the things of the world, how to please her husband. I'm saying this for your benefit, not to place a limitation on you, but so that without distraction you may give notable and constant service to the Lord. He goes on to say it's not an evil at all to marry. It's a great and beautiful thing. But you have to recognize that singleness is a time, is a gift, a blessing, when you can give undivided and notable attention to serving God, using all of your resources, your time, your energy, and your finances to serving God. A lot of us feel like it is a limitation to be single, but it is a freedom. Don't waste your singleness waiting for the next stage of life. But you should look beyond dating when thinking about how you guard your heart. When you think of what you daydream about, what you long for, what you hope for, is it God or is it someone or something? And instead of saying that phrase, maybe a better way to say it is, what do you want more than God right now? When do you say that God is not enough? How do you protect your heart from those things? In Ephesians, the armor that protects your chest, the breastplate, is righteousness. But that's not my own rightness. It's not me earning more or being better. And it's not achieved through a magic spell or by any means through dating. In Philippians chapter 3, Paul says, I was the best of the best. I had more credentials than anyone else. But all of my assets I have come to regard as liabilities because of Christ. More than that, I now regard all things as liabilities compared to the far greater value of knowing Christ my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. Indeed, I regard them as dung, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not because I have my own righteousness derived from the law, but because I have the righteousness that comes by way of Christ's faithfulness, a righteousness from God that is in fact based on His faithfulness. My aim is to know Him, to experience the power of His resurrection, to share in His sufferings, and to be like Him in death, and so somehow to attain resurrection from the dead. The best and only way to effectively guard what gets into your heart so that evil doesn't come out of you, so that you don't worship idols, is to set your eyes on Christ because it is His righteousness that guards you. It's His goodness. It's what He earned and has graciously given to you by faith, through grace, not by works so that no one can boast, so that we might be called the righteousness of God, sons and daughters. And so you do not fear. You're not anxious about anything. Instead, in every situation, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Make your request known to God. Tell Him your fears, your anxieties, your dreams, and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Be diligent 
in recognizing what you find happiness in and what you find worthwhile, whether it's God or someone or something else. And recognize that He is your shield and your protection and peace. We are all tempted to worship something other than God. Therefore, guard your heart, because it is the source and spring of your whole life. This podcast is brought to you by FathomMag.com. To find out more and find great articles, go to FathomMag.com.